Hello and welcome to The Pig Edge, Chagas Pig podcast with me, Kieran Carroll, bringing you all the latest news, information and advice to keep Irish pig farmers up to date. And for this episode, we're looking at a review of the Pig Farmers Conference 2022 with Emer McCrum, Specialist Pig Development Officer at Ballyhays. And I first asked Emer to set the scene behind this year's conference, our first since 2019. So the Chagas National Pig Conference, it's probably very familiar to listeners at this stage as it's nearly an annual staple in the pig farming calendar here in Ireland. But we were delighted to welcome producers, staff and industry colleagues back to an in-person event this year, our first since 2019 due to the COVID-19 restrictions. Now, in the intervening years, we hosted the Chagas Virtual Pig Week. This was an online event held in mid-October, but the face-to-face conference was certainly a welcome return to the calendar. And we held the event in our usual two locations the Kilmore Hotel in Cavan and the Horse and Jockey in Tipperary and it was back to our usual format as well of Chagas Pig Development Department staff and guest speakers who presented on a range of topics. Now this year however the conference was set against a very difficult backdrop for producers who by that point had endured 14 months of a crisis the likes of which have been the worst in living memory. So the conference therefore was built around that climate with papers covering the technical to the financial all relating back to issues within the pig industry. And the first paper um, was was German Cutchin and the topic of producing sustainable pig meat. Uh, Can you give an overview of the main points from Ger's paper? Yes, so a very topical paper kicked off the conference this year in the area of sustainability as it's certainly something we are hearing a lot more about in recent years and not just confined to agriculture either. So Ger started off by introducing the concept before taking us through how this applies to the production of pig meat. And he did this by detailing some of the indicators of sustainability in the industry. And just an important point that was highlighted was, look, we need to be more conscious of the fact that our carbon footprint will become more of an issue in the future. And the sustainability of the system as well is going to come under the microscope. So a fair question might be, well, how do we show that the production chain is in fact sustainable? And this is where Jared brought us through the workings of a carbon calculator model. This was first developed between Borbia, the Carbon Trust and Chagas to establish the carbon footprint of pig meat here in Ireland. So the model is yet to be fully finalised, but it is hoped that we might start to work on a voluntary basis with farmers over the next 12 months, just to see what the carbon footprint is on individual farms before rolling out the model to the whole of the sector at some point in the future, more than likely at some point in 2024. So why we're doing this is, look, it's going to help with the marketing of pig meat because this will become a component and a requirement as time goes on. But in addition to that, then it's also a chance for us to show the consumer that the carbon footprint is being measured, but also that work is being done to improve it. And furthermore, it demonstrates that the sustainability of the process is being continuously evaluated, assessed and improved upon. And lastly, then, Ger just finally mentioned the ongoing work with regard to the Chaga signpost farms. And these will really help to deliver the relevant messages to a much wider audience in the area of sustainability over the next number of years. So a really important part of communicating the messages on this journey of improvement. Very good. Uh, next up, then, we had the first of our guest speakers, uh, Jens Sorensen from Danvet in Denmark. Can you give us an update on the main learnings from Jens' presentation? Yes, so Jens might be a familiar face to listeners as Jens was part of our Let's Talk Pig series of webinars back in the summer of 2020. And at the conference this year, he provided an interesting insight into the challenges facing the pig sector from a Danish perspective. 
So firstly, he started off by covering the nationwide PERS or Blue Ear Reduction Plan that was implemented following an outbreak in 2019. So he just discussed the various targets that are in place and also the practical measures to try and achieve those targets. And keeping with the topic of health, then Jens discussed ASF or African swine fever, which, of course, is extremely topical in Denmark. Now, the situation at the moment is the country is free of the virus, but this hasn't been without a number of stringent measures to protect the status. So Jens talked us through some of those measures, including truck washes at the border, quarantine periods for trucks traveling from known ASF positive regions. And of course, the now infamous wild boar fence along the border with Germany. So moving on from this, then Jens provides us with an overview of the license to produce, which is currently operational in the country. And he just discussed some of the changes that have impacted producers under this license, which include areas such as reducing antibiotic usage, welfare legislation, particularly with castration, and also future changes then that might be a feature, including like a piglet mortality, which is very much in focus at the moment. And lastly, then Jens gave us an insight into the current economic situation in Denmark, which Irish producers will be able to relate to um, the like of a reduction in demand, a low pig price, spike in feed and energy costs, all a feature of the Danish situation, which no doubt sounds familiar. So all in, there was a lot of content over the course of the presentation, but that's a very brief summary of those main messages from the Danish perspective. Very good. And then following Jens, we had our own paper, which you presented. It was titled Adopting Best Practices. Uh, can you give our listeners a flavour of this? You know, what were the best practices that we, we talked about on the day? Yes, a paper you and I are no doubt very familiar with, Kiran. But um, the, I suppose, best practice, adopting best practices here, it was really a paper focused inside the farm gate. But we were very cognizant throughout of the challenging economic situation. And the practices, therefore, reflected this insofar as possible. But the first one there, and one which certainly generated great interest following the conference, was the administration of pain relief to sows post-farrowing. So the results were coming off of a trial in Moore Park, which investigated the use of a Loxicom injection injected in sows intramuscularly within two hours post-farrowing. And there was a range of benefits to this practice, both on piglet performance, but also on sow and piglet health. And I know a number of farmers have trialled this on their own farms since the conference and the feedback to date has been very positive. Next, then, we discussed a range of management practices relating to replacement gilts that have emerged. And this is a combination of national and international research. So areas such as rearing conditions, nutrition, age at service and regular body condition assessment were discussed. And last then but not least, we discovered a range of very simple best practices relating to staff management. And this was with the goal of improving communication between owners, managers and staff, which is always very important, but none more so than during those financially challenging periods. So some very simple but targeted, low cost, effective practices that can be implemented to support farms into the future. Uh, and next then we had Michael McCone with a, a very much anticipated paper. He brought us through the, the learning so far from what at that stage, as he said, had been a difficult 14 months prior to the conference. What were the main take home messages from Michael's paper? Yes. So Michael started off by providing that overview of the 14 months immediately prior to the conference and just highlighted some of those major events that shaped the year that was. And the resulting financial loss and the volatility within that period was then compared to the database collected by Chagas over the last 30 years. And the main take home message, I suppose, is this has illustrated that the rate of volatility, whether the year was profitable or loss making, has increased over the last seven years. 
So with this in mind, then Michael then discussed options or tools that could be utilized by the sector to reduce these annual fluctuations and that volatility to just maintain a more determinable income. And some of the options included then were margin over fee contracts. This is a system commonly used in some European countries and in North America, but basically where the pig price is based on the average feed price plus a premium to cover all non-fee costs and profit. Another option was hedging. This is perhaps a little bit more familiar of a concept, but it's basically where producers would hedge feed ingredients to insulate against sudden feed price shocks. It's something that would be particularly attractive to home millers, but would also apply to composite feed purchases too. Crop or revenue insurance was also discussed. This is a system that has been in place in the US for over 50 years, where the federal states there provide an insurance policy to reduce the risk to the crop farmer by reimbursing them for a loss if it occurs. Michael then discussed the idea of a levy fund where producers would pay a statutory levy on a per pig sold basis into a fund, which would accumulate over time and then become an emergency fund and can be withdrawn during periods of negative profitability. And finally then, farm management deposits were discussed. So this is a system successfully run in Australia for over 20 years at this stage, where agricultural producers set aside a pre-tax income that they can then draw down in later years And it just allows farmers to more effectively deal with fluctuations in cash flow. So a number of really interesting options there. And this paper, it really highlighted the higher levels of volatility in more recent years and the need for the sector to come together to have a discussion now and decide on what the most feasible way to address this issue is going forward. Yeah, it certainly was well anticipated and well, well taken paper and um, with lots of lots of chat afterwards and feedback for after the conference. So hopefully that'll it'll grow legs now and, and move on to the next days and actually figure out what, what would be the most appropriate for the sector here. I suppose following on from that, then we had a, another very topical paper uh, from our guest speakers from RH Halls. We had Philip Lynch and we had James Nolan, who provided an outlook on feed ingredients, which obviously was and still is a very topical issue. But given the market volatility and particularly since springtime this year, you know, it can change on almost a daily basis. Perhaps maybe you could give us what the longer term outlook is for feed ingredients from the R&H Hall perspective. Yes. So there was an enormous amount of information contained in the presentations delivered by Philip and James at the conference. It's impossible to include all here, but I suppose firstly, we were given an overview of the various factors contributing to the current record high feed ingredient prices. Now, of course, the Russian invasion of the Ukraine is the one we were most familiar with, as this delivered that unprecedented shock to the global grain supply back in the springtime. But other key factors were highlighted, including the like of the multi-decade level high levels of inflation and in addition the current energy crisis which of course has major ramifications for fertilizer production all of which significantly drives up the cost of cereal production globally so the basis of the presentation was look those commodities are experiencing the highest level of volatility in over a decade and for this reason then it is very difficult to predict too far forward but in the short term following the northern hemisphere harvest it is difficult to see any significant price reduction. Looking more forward then perhaps, the Russian-Ukraine conflict is a massive disruption to normal trade flows and that's going to be a feature. But in addition then, the outlook for production costs going into 2023 around the globe, particularly in Europe, are continuing to impact the market's opinion on fair value for grains next year. In addition to that, 
if energy remains at current punitive levels, then fertilizer and other costs will continue to climb, all of which, of course, support grain prices going forward. And the point was made, too, that really we need a perfect 2023 growing season as the world is in a very risky position. So there's little room for a weathered threat to crops in the next number of years. And finally, then, the severity of a global economic recession, the impact of that on commodity demand is open to debate. So all in, I suppose, given all of these various factors, the expectation is for price volatility, unfortunately, to remain at elevated levels, at least for the medium term. Okay, yeah, it was, it was sobering enough at the, at the conference, you know, and I suppose it just highlights that we will be relying, I suppose, more on the pig price than on the feed price in, in, in the medium to, to longer term at the, at the moment anyway. Um, next, we had Padder Lawler, who disseminated research findings and his, his area of research or recent area of research for him on hygiene issues. What were the main findings from Padder's research? Yes, so Padder presented recent research results from two trials carried out in the Chagas Pig Research Facility in Moorpark. Now, the first trial focused on the area of farming house hygiene and an optimal cleaning cleaning and disinfection routine was compared to a suboptimal routine. And the results here were very interesting. Firstly, they noted that the total bacteria count in the room pre-washing was reduced by more than 400,000 fold in the optimal routine compared to just 30 in the suboptimal routine. And of course, this then had benefits associated with pig performance. And first off, the number of clinical cases in litters in the optimally cleaned and disinfected rooms were reduced by over 86%. And this then, of course, had a positive impact in terms of the antibiotic and anti-inflammatory usage, both of which reduced by 77 and 75% respectively. And there was a positive impact then on overall pig performance as pigs weaned out of those rooms were 320 grams heavier compared to those in suboptimal rooms. So a very positive picture emerging there in terms of pig and sow health and performance. And the second project then, the Paddard Disseminated, focused on the area of feed system hygiene. And again, this trial was structured around comparing an optimal cleaning routine versus a suboptimal routine, this time on liquid feed systems. And the project found that improvements in system hygiene, particularly in the pipelines, provided producers with the opportunity to improve feed microbial quality through dietary acidification or even possibly by the introduction of beneficial microbes into the feed system. The improved hygiene of the system reduces the risk that feed and water introduced into the system could be seeded with potentially harmful spoilage or pathogenic microbes. So if anyone would like to learn more about those optimal cleaning protocols used both for the farming house and for the feed systems, both are contained in detail in the proceedings from the conference. And last but not least, uh, we had Louise Clark from Belly Hayes who delivered a presentation on another very topical issue, and you kind of mentioned it earlier, in the area of energy usage on farms. And Louise discussed short, medium and long-term options for producers dealing with the significant increases in energy costs. Can you give us an overview of what these options were? Yes. So Louise firstly started off by providing a breakdown of energy usage on a typical unit before looking at the impact of those rising costs. And it was really highlighted what those increases will translate into on a monthly bill or on a cent per kilo basis for producers. So it really set the scene for discussing the options. And starting perhaps with the short term then, Louise highlighted the importance of actively monitoring your usage at farm level. And one effective way to do this is to arrange an energy audit for your farm 
So there is a financial support voucher to the value of €2,000 currently available from SEAI under the support scheme for energy audits. And this generally will cover the cost of an audit. So it is advised that producers would perhaps seek this out as it is a very useful um, tool to have there in terms of monitoring your usage. And next then, Louise highlights the importance of using the information that you have gained through monitoring your usage on farm and carrying out a benchmarking exercise. So this was based on the fact that previous research carried out on pig farms in Ireland found that there is an enormous difference between farms in terms of the energy used per pig produced. So there was a swing of 27 kilowatt hours, which is very significant. And Louise just raised the point that, look, it's important to know where you stand in relation to this. And moving on then, it was discussed around just understanding your energy bill. So studying those charges, particularly in relation to maximum import capacity or MIC is how it might appear on your bill and wattless charges as well. So generally there are small costs or extra costs on your bill every month, but these can and do add up over a 12 month period. So just to be aware that any savings that might be identified here should be acted on. Um, looking then maybe towards the more medium term options, Louise highlights the importance of regular maintenance, repairs and cleaning of electrical equipment to ensure all of those are running as efficiently as possible. She mentioned about the insulation levels in pig buildings and type of lighting used across pig buildings too, all of which have an impact on overall energy costs. The newly launched temporary business energy support scheme was also discussed. So pig farmers can apply for this from the 5th of December this year. And the scheme is open to those who have seen a 50% increase in the unit price of electricity and a rebate of 40% of that increase then in the bill will be provided. So the scheme at present covers from September 22. Um, just to be aware, farmers will need their bills from the same corresponding period in 2021, in addition to their tax clearance certs in order to apply for that scheme. And finally, then looking more forward to the longer term options, Louise highlighted the savings that are associated with solar panels and just brought to our attention the changes in the TAM scheme from January onwards. And this will see the requirement for planning permission removed, the ceiling for panels increased to €90,000 and the rate of grant funding also increased to 60% for all eligible farmers. So there was plenty of food for thought there in Louise's presentation on those current high energy costs. Excellent, Timur. That was really good, really good overview of, of all the presentations from the conference. And uh, you mentioned the proceedings there earlier. Where can listeners uh, access the material that was delivered at the conference this year if, if they missed the conference or maybe would like to hear it and see some of it again? Yes, and I'd certainly encourage anyone who'd like to find out more about any of the topics discussed. So there's a very brief whistle-stop summary, if you like, but all is available on the Chagas website. So the conference proceedings are there and these contain each of the papers. And in addition to that, then, we have the accompanying presentation up on the website alongside a range of recordings delivered by the presenters too so all on the Chagas website you'll get that on chagas.ie forward slash pigs thanks very much Emer. that was great really appreciate your time thank you thanks Kiran. that's it for the latest episode of The Pig Edge and my thanks to Emer McCrum for joining me on the show don't forget to tune into The Pig Edge for all your pig production news and to rate, review and follow on Apple Podcasts Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a show and for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Kieran Carl, and thanks for listening.